It was a number of days ago that uh, someone in our congregation came to me and said, you know, I've been going through a difficult time, and one of the things I have been blessed by is by reading Psalm 46. And I've heard that a few times from members of the congregation, how powerful this psalm is in your life. And I thought if it was powerful in your life, it's powerful in the lives of any who would spend some time and read and meditate on it. And I thought that's what I would do this morning. I would uh, preach and teach from Psalm 46, uh, do something called expository preaching. And that means take the, take the chapter and go down verse by verse. So we'll get there, and I'll ask you to open your Bible. You have a Bible in front of you in the pew if you didn't bring your own. And we'll go down that chapter verse by verse. But let me begin with this uh, from, uh, from surviving cancer. It seems like only yesterday my doctor told me I had cancer. And when I asked, <coughs> how long do I have? He didn't have an answer. And it seemed to me that time stood still and the room turned upside down. Life just stopped and I stared at him and I didn't hear a sound. And a thousand years flashed by my eyes as I thought of all I'd missed, of the laugh and the smiles of those I loved and my two-year-old daughter's kiss. And I realized then and there the time that I had wasted of all the things that I had never done and of the life that was untasted. And I thought of all the silly things that occupied my day, like the stupid fight my wife and I had the last night over bills we had to pay. 20 years have come and gone, and I'm still at the dance. I guess that God had changed his mind and given me another chance. And on that day, I took a vow to let go of the past, to live my life, to love each day as if it were my last. For only God can know these things, the day, the hour, the time, but on this day I'm alive. The world is mine, and I say thank you, Lord. How do you respond to events like this in your life? Maybe you haven't gone to the doctor and gotten that kind of a diagnosis. Maybe you have. Did you respond with anger? Are you scared? Are you depressed? Are you questioning God and doubting your salvation and doubting a variety of things? How do you handle it? So God has some insights for us to explore in Psalm 46. Psalm 46 has been titled a Psalm of Holy Confidence. A Psalm that reveals the hope God gives his children to keep going on. It was written when Jerusalem was under siege by the Assyrian king. The psalm is a picture of successful defense, defense against Israel's armed enemy, and not a military victory by Israel over their enemy. This is, what do you do when the enemy is attacking if you're not fighting back? The people were safe as long as they were inside the walls of the city. On our faith journey, we'll win some battles and lose some, but God's promise, come what may, we can have confidence in him that God will get us through because we are safe in Jesus. So if you will, Psalm 46, and I'm going to ask you this morning if you'll stand with me as we read Psalm 46, all 11 verses. Just listen to the beauty and the power of the words this morning. God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear 
Though the earth be removed, and though the mountains be carried in the midst of the sea, though the waters thereof roar and be troubled, though the mountains shake and the swelling thereof, Selah. There is a river, the streams whereof shall make glad the city of God, the holy place of the tabernacles of the Most High. God's in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God shall help her, and that right early. The heathen raged. The kingdoms were moved. He uttered his voice. The earth melted. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah. Come behold the works of the Lord. What desolations he had made in the earth. He makes wars to seek to cease unto the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and cutteth the spear in sunder. He burneth the chariot in the fire. Verse 10, be still and know that I am God. I will be exalted among the heathen. I will be exalted in the earth. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our refuge. Selah, you may be seated. Verse 1 says, God God is our refuge in the time, uh, is our refuge and our strength in times of trouble. God, for the believer, is protected, not with armies, not with tanks, not with smart bombs, not with castles, not with impenetrable uh, fortresses or bunkers. Psalm 18, Proverbs 18, 10, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run into it and they are safe. We're only safe when we are in the Lord and the power of his might, by power he brings us to a higher place in our mind and changes our perspective. We're no longer looking down on our problems. We're looking up at Jesus. Sometimes we just need to change the direction and the focus of where our mind is at. And the Lord wants to change our head from thinking about our troubles to thinking about the Lord and remembering that he is going to get us through whatever time we're going through. All other sources of safety and security are unsafe and insecure. Think about when weather hits. Think about tornadoes hitting the heartland of America, homes blown down, schools smashed, churches and auditoriums crushed under tractor trailers, blown around like toys. Before the tornadoes, those things seemed immovable. It didn't seem like that school could possibly collapse under the power of a tornado. It didn't seem that that tractor trailer could be moved across the road. But in the final analysis, when the tornado subsided and everything started to calm down, all of those strongholds were torn to splinters, scattered all over the landscape. God alone is our refuge and strength. He is our defense in any and all of life's crises. If you've been around a while, you know that you have experienced that kind of issue in your life where it just seemed overwhelming and too big for you to handle. And the answer is yes, it is too big for you to handle. You have Jesus. You're in good hands with Jesus. You're in safe hands with Jesus, no matter what. God never runs away when trouble comes to you. He's not just present, he's very present. So the question for you this morning is, what are you going through? Is there some trouble you're going through this morning? Is there some heartache you're experiencing? Is there something that's got you stressed and filled with anxiety? 
Is there something that's keeping you up at night? Is that something that makes you feel like you're completely disconnected from God or disconnected from the source of help? You don't know how to pray? I want to encourage you this morning. I want to refocus your mind this morning. I want to take you down this path of hope and confidence that Psalm 46 promises to give you. It's a promise that you can have confidence in the Lord. God is more present. Jesus is more present than a friend. Friends can fail and walk away. Jesus never fails. He's more present than families. Some families disappoint, but the Bible says Jesus remains closer than your brother. Jesus is more than, Jesus is more there then the trouble is there. He's more there with you than the trouble is there with you. He's more near than the danger. He's more powerful than the storm, and he's more real than the reality of your current circumstance. Provided you believe. Provided you have put your faith in him. Provided you are trusting him, and all those things are true. You've tried it before, and you found it to be the truth. As a Christian, you have Christ in your heart, and because of his presence, your troubles and your trials have limitations. They can't steal his love. They can't shatter your hope. They can't corrode your faith. They can't destroy your peace. They can't take away your salvation. They can't lock you out of your home in heaven and conquer the Holy Spirit living in you. These things are yours. There's no question about it. It can't be taken away from you, to which I say, praise God. There are some things that cannot be destroyed. There are some things here. There are some things that really don't change. And those are the eternal things. And those are the things found in God's word. You can trust him and his promises to you this morning. Verse 2 and 3 says, therefore, because of the facts that were just presented, these facts should transcend your feelings. A lot of what we deal with so many times is our feelings. And our feelings are like the side view mirror. When you look in the side view mirror, things appear closer than they are. Sometimes things appear more scary than they are. It's your fear that's doing that. The facts are God is with you and he'll never leave you. I like this. I've used it many, many times about fear. But here in verses 2 and 3, it says four times not to fear. It says don't fear if the earth is removed. It says don't fear if the mountains are carried into the sea. It said don't fear if the waters are a torrential flood. And he says don't fear if an earthquake shakes the very mountains. In other words, if your world turns upside down and inside out, you can call on the Lord for help. If you're in one of those situations where you just feel way over your head, you just feel like everything is upside down and there's no hope and there's no help, the promise is hope and help are on the way. In the middle of the tornado, we pray that God will keep our fear under control and give us the clear presence of mind to know what to do and where to go for safety. Fear has the power to close the mind, but God's power is greater to open the mind. Fear is a tyrant. Jesus is its master. Fear blinds us to what's real and what's a product of our frightened mind. God opens our eyes to see so many times 
that fear is false evidence appearing real. F-A-L-S-E, false evidence appearing real. Fear fills our heads with fearful thoughts that keep us from hearing the still small voice of God saying, be still and know that I am God. The poet William Wadsworth wrote these words, what are fears but voices airy whispers, whispering harm where harm is not, and deluding the unwary till the fatal bolt is shot. Just your fears can drive you to the ground. Just your fears can take you down. They can destroy you. But you've got the facts on the other side to counteract those feelings. The last word in verse 3 and other verses is selah. Selah is like the rest note in a piece of music. It means to pause in the middle of the storm. Stop. Reflect. Take a deep breath. When fear overtakes, break the rush of confused emotions. Call out to God for quiet in the discordant sounds. Take a time out. Find the verse that speaks to you and meditate on it. Don't keep plunging headlong down the same track you're on. Change the channel. Psalm 46, the dear sister who told me that it meant so much to her. She was changing the channel as she meditated on Psalm 46. Change your thinking. Confront your emotions. Be direct and say, get thee behind me, Satan. Verse 4 says, there is a river. Isaiah 33, 21. But there, in the midst of chaos and trials, troubles and pain, entanglements and stretch, there the glorious Lord will be with us, a place of broad rivers and streams. Those words create mental images that can comfort and, and encourage you. In the middle of your tumult, your emotional white waters, God will bear you up on his gentle, easy-flowing, spiritually refreshing waters. This is the comfort that only the Holy Spirit is capable of bringing the believer. In other words, if everything looks like it's in torment, find a place of peace in your mind. It's all going on in here anyway. How you face what's going on out here. How you look at the giant. <laughs> David looked at the giant. The armies looked at the giant. The armies of, of Israel fell by the wayside looking at the giant, just imagining what he would do to them. And David looked and said, just, what, just imagine what I could do with God's help. And even though they tried to get him to put on army, he wouldn't do it. I'm going to go out there and I'm going to face him with all that I am, with my fears if I've got them with my sense of confidence if I've got it, and I'm just going to look that bird in the eye, and I'm going to take a few pebbles with me, and I'm going to see him dead. There are giants that come into your life. The giants of your fears, your emotions, your doubts, your, your unbelief. And they can be defeated. Trust in the Lord. Have confidence this morning in him that he can help you overcome Only the Holy Spirit is able to help the believer at a time like that. Listen to John 14, 26, and 27 as Jesus comments on that particular work of the Holy Spirit. But the Comforter, 
which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name. He shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance, whatsoever I have said unto you. If you can remember the things that he's promised, if you can hang on to this promise, listen to what verse 27 says. Peace I leave with you, not as the world gives, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. If you remember the promises of Jesus, and in the midst of your turmoil, that's Brooklyn coming out, turmoil. And in the midst of your turmoil, if you bring them before him, if you cry out to him, there is hope and there is help. It's a promise. He's not lying to you when he made that promise that he's going to give you a peace that is hard to comprehend because you're going to wonder where did that come from? Verse 5 says, The Lord is in the midst of her and she shall not be moved. God's help is never far away. Hope is not by and by in the sky. Help and hope are here and now. If your enemies of fear and worry want to move you, they're going to have to move God first. If they want to destroy you, they're going to have to destroy God first. If they want to destroy the things that you trust, if they want to break you, they're going to have to break God first. If they want to bring you down on your knees, they're going to have to bring God down first. Who can move God who can destroy God? Who can break God? Who can bring God down? And the answer is obvious. No one. And he's standing in for you. It's like facing a bully and having a big friend. Don't bully me. Bully him. <laughs> Verse 6. So let the heathen rage. Well, let's bring that closer to home. Let your doubts cry out. Let fear assail. Let anger beat its chest. Let hopelessness attack. Let loneliness knock at the door. Let the wolves of despair nip at your heels. And let anxiety and depression, sorrow, pain work their way because they are defeated already if you trust God's promises. Listen to Isaiah 54, 17. No weapon that is formed against you, any of those things I just mentioned, shall prosper. Every tongue that shall rise against thee in judgment, thou shalt condemn. This is the heritage of the servants of the Lord and the righteousness of me, saith the Lord. We're just reading words. Are we just uttering promises? Or are they going down to give you confidence that when you go through times like this, he's there. And he wants to help you. And hope is there. It is your physical, emotional, and spiritual enemies who must move. It is they who are in confusion. It is they who will be destroyed. It is their power and might that are frustrated and melted because they have fallen to the sound of God's voice. When Jesus speaks, when Jesus speaks, strongholds are torn down. Demons are cast out. Tormented minds are giving rest. The sick are healed, the lame walk, the blind see, the deaf hear, the dumb speak, and Satan is defeated. Amen? Amen. Making me sound like Joe Biden. Amen. Amen? Yeah. Verse 7. The Lord of hosts is with you. You are a child of the king, so don't let Satan get a foothold in your life. Don't let him find his way into your marriage. 
and sit at your dinner table. Don't let them have your affections, your fears, one minute more of your day. Tell him in the name of Jesus to get behind you and stay there. Verses 8 and 9. Behold the works of the Lord. It reminds me of that scene in Scripture and in the movie The Ten Commandments when the Red Sea parts before them and Pharaoh's chariots are behind them. And Moses raises his hand and says, Behold the hand of the Lord. The sea rolls back. The people cross on dry ground. And what happens to Pharaoh's army as it goes through the, through the bed of the sea? They're devoured. They're crushed. God is a God of justice and judgment. Evil will not prevail. Sin will not persist. And the darkest hours will give way to an eternal sunrise. Verse 9. The day will come when wars will cease. That's a promise that Jesus has made. If you know anything about New York City in the bottom of 42nd Street on the east side, a place called Dag Hammarskjöld Plaza, there is this verse emblazed in concrete. Isaiah 2.4, he shall judge among the nations. He shall rebuke many people and they shall beat their swords into plowshares and their spears into pruning hooks. Nation shall not lift up sword against nation. Neither shall they learn war anymore. Not today. But in a day, sometime in the future, the nations will wage a final war prescribed by conflict in the Middle East, precipitated by conflict in the Middle East. Weapons of mass destruction will take their positions as a diabolical figure is about to press the doomsday button that destroys the entire planet. Then God will intervene. Jesus Christ will establish a reign of peace upon the earth. That day will come. Only God's sheltering and loving hand keeps that final day from coming today. The Bible says it's because he's not willing that any should perish. Though the mills of God grind exceedingly fine, we are reminded by James Russell Howard's words that Christ will create that new day. He writes this, truth forever on the scaffold, wrong forever on the throne. Yet that scaffold sways the future and behold the dim unknown stands God within the shadow, keeping watch above his own. He's watching. He has a timetable. It is going to happen as sure as you're sitting in front of my face right now and I'm standing preaching to you. That day is coming. Knowing that, verse, says, verse 10 says, be still and know that I am God. And those words are addressed to Israel and thousands of years to you. Have you been faced with a problem that seems to have no solution? While you were worrying, God was working. Behind the scene, in his time and in his way, God works it out for your good and for his glory. We race around, twist and turn in an effort to deal with the issue. But there are times when we should just stand still and wait on the Lord. Be in prayer when we do and when he does. As verse 11 teaches, then we will know the Lord of hosts is with us. The God of our refuge is our strength. When the storms of life are raging, you can have confidence that the God of the universe is your preserver, your refuge, and your strength. If he is for you, then who or what can be against you? As Jesus said when he said, I am the resurrection and the life, 
He that believes on me, though he were dead, yet shall he live. And whosoever lives and believes on me shall never die. And then he ended, it, ended with this question. Believest thou this? Do you believe it? Do you believe what you heard this morning? Not because I said it, but because I took it from Psalm 46 and presented it to you to the best of my ability, as clearly, as simply, and as honestly as I could. Do you believe it? Then your life can change. Because you have in your hands Psalm 46 and 66 other books that are promises of hope and help. Let's pray. We thank you, Father, for the promises that we have in your book. Promises that never fail. You never fail. Jesus never fails. The Holy Spirit never fails. And because of that truth and because we can have confidence in that truth, we can live a life of hope regardless of our circumstances. And I would just say to my brothers and sisters this morning, if you're hurting today, if there is an issue in your life today, turn it over to Jesus this morning. Just ask him to give you help. I know you've probably done it before, but something happened this morning as we talked. And just go back and speak to the Lord again. Thank you, Father, for hearing our prayers and answering our prayers and never letting us go. In Jesus' name I pray it, amen.